Welcome to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast that takes you freewheeling down the great internet rabbit hole of trivia. Each week we pick a starting point and then who knows where all the twists, turns and tangents will take us. But we'll be sure to unearth a treasure trove of frivolous facts that will be as fascinating as they are, well, useless. When One Thing Leads to Another is produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. Our theme music is by Justin Mitchell. This is Series 2, Episode 8. March. March is a lovely month for two reasons. Just the two reasons. Do you know what those two reasons are? Well, one is that um, it's spring. Yes, winter officially ends and spring officially begins. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, bleakness is replaced with hope. And the clocks go forward. Exactly, the cherry on the cake. There you go. In the uh, UK, anyway. Yeah, so that's great for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. Not so great for you in the South. There's a more carefree spirit wafting in the air. I don't know about you, but I'm finding myself increasingly skipping merrily across the meadows. Anyway, so I thought it pertinent, today being our first episode to be recorded in March... That is true. ...2023, that I base my episode on the merry month of March. Go ahead. So I started with a simple Google of March. Okay. And um, I got the dictionary definition, of course. Okay. uh, Which is a verb to walk in a military manner with a regular measured tread. Okay. And noun, the act or instance of marching. Okay, fine. Underneath that, there was Google Maps showing me that March is also a town in Cambridgeshire. Oh, I didn't know that. And underneath that was the good old people also ask section. We love that section. Top question being, is March the third month? Can it really be the third month? Well, which at first I did find a bit of an odd question. However, now I realise it's not such a stupid question. Do elaborate. Well, obviously March is the third month of the Gregorian calendar. Indeed. But it was originally the first month of the Roman calendar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so then I went down a rather intense and quite challenging... Uh, rabbit hole. Certainly challenging for one so tiny-brained as myself. Oh. And I imagine you'll have some difficulty with it as well. I thought I was going to bear the brunt of that little attack. Yeah, so it's going to get a little bit intellectual for you. Okay, I'm out. (laughs) I will give you a brief pricey of how we arrived at today's calendar. Okay, make it quick, make it snappy. Well, I will try, okay? So over the centuries, many cultures have um, tried to make calendars, but they didn't always get them right. The Sumerians divided the year into 12 months of 30 days each, which made their 360-day year a week shorter than the Earth's yearly journey around the sun. Close, but no cigar for the Sumerians. Exactly. Early Egyptians and other cultures used lunar calendars. Okay. So they tracked the months by how long it took for the moon to orbit the Earth. Okay. But lunar months are about 29.5 days. So lunar years, only about 354 days. So they're coming in even shorter than the Sumerians. Yeah, that caused an 11-day gap between the calendar and the seasons. Okay. Okay, so one of the first Roman calendars had only 10 months, with March 
Martius being the first month of the year. March was named after Mars, the Roman god of war, because war would start again after the winter. Oh, right. And that's why March was the first month of the year. Oh, I see. So they take the winter off. Bit too, oh, it's a bit chilly, lads. We, we don't really want to be uh, fighting and all of that sort of business. Let's, let's, let's uh, give yourself Let's give yourselves three months off and then we will get stuck back in March. March the 1st, people. We'll back start here. the campaign. Okay, remember your spears, remember your daggers and remember your... Don't forget your shields. Oh, don't forget your shields. Yes, so March was the first month of the year. And that's, of course, why, you know, that was back in the days when the months of the year, year actually made sense. So September means seven, October means eight, November means nine, December means ten. I but can't now, believe I've lived the 51 and a half years that I have and not really thought about that Yeah, before. and it doesn't sync up now because September is nine. Of course. Yeah, so we're two months out. But then anyway, the Romans, they were out of sync with the seasons as mm -hmm. the, the lunar year was only 300 odd days. So they popped January and February, the winter months, at the end of the year to even things out. Gotcha. And this, of course, still wasn't quite right. So Julius Caesar came along and reformed it again and created the year of confusion. Oh. When he decided that for his new Julian calendar, oh, the year 46 BC was going to be 445 days long instead of 365 days long. Right. To sort of catch up. And he then made a 365.25 day year, a tiny bit longer than the 365.2422 solar year, that added a leap day every fourth year. Of course. But this system wasn't right either. What? Yeah. The small difference between 365 and a quarter and 365.2422 oh. made each calendar year about 11 minutes shorter than the seasonal calendar. Right. So the calendar was an entire day short every 128 years. Okay. So by the 16th century, major dates and holidays had drifted by about 10 days. So Pope Gregory the 13th unveiled his own Gregorian calendar in gotcha. 1582. Yeah. That year, he dropped 10 days from the month of October to sync things back up. And he also developed a new leap year system that used the solar year of 365.2422 days, added one leap day every four years, but dropped three leap days every 400 years to keep the calendars from drifting, which is what we do. So we don't actually ah. have a leap year every four years. I mean, we do in our lifetime, but every few hundred years, they don't, they're not, they won't, there isn't a leap year. Ah, so do you think there's going to be a non-leap year in our, in the rest of our lifetime? Uh, no. Okay, you no. don't know when the next one is, I do think, you? I remember looking and it was something like 2100 or something, I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, but it's not going to be in our lifetime. Alas, we will be long gone. I know. Anyway, a funny thing is, right, Catholic countries such as Spain, Portugal and Italy mm -hmm. quickly adopted Pope Gregory's calendar reforms. Mm -hmm. But in Europe's Protestant countries, they feared that the new calendar was an attempt by the Catholic Church to silence their movement. And it took almost 200 years before England and the colonies switched over. And Turkey didn't change their calendar until 1926. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds confusing anyway, but the system has kept the calendar and the seasons in sync for more than 400 years. So um, well done, Pope Gregory. Yeah, although the Gregorian calendar isn't perfect, there's still a 30 second drift 
every year. But even with that, the calendar won't be off for more than a day for another 3,300 years. Oh, I can live with that. Yeah. That's, that's good enough yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so Ima yes. Imagine if Pope Gregory had invoiced for all of his work on the calendar and then uh, he said, oh, there is this... Look, there's just this slight 30 second discrepancy every, what was it, 3,300 years? Yeah. Oh, I'm not playing that, mate. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so March did used to be the first month of the year, and March is still the first month of the year for at least one billion people. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Right, were you going on about March? Um, was very interesting. It was, wasn't it? It was, and this spurred me, if you will, okay. to look at Mars. Oh. Not the uh, chocolate bar as such. No, the what, uh, the god of war or the planet? I'm talking about the planet. Oh. The fourth planet from the sun. Yes. It's the second smallest planet in the solar system. Oh, that must be after Mercury, because I'm pretty sure Mercury is the smallest. There's a load of sort of kids about, you know, knee-high to grasshopper who, who know all this stuff. Yeah. But uh, for us adults, it's very difficult for us to retain it. Now, some of the most notable surface features on Mars... Mm -hmm. I mean, what's more interesting than surface features of Mars? Nothing. They include, check this out, Olympus Mons. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what Olympus Mons is? It's um, a volcano. It is. It's not just a volcano. It's the largest volcano and highest known mountain yeah. in the entire solar system. Wow. So remember that, everybody, Olympus Mons. Um, Mars is of particular interest for the study of the origins of life because of its similarity to early Earth. Yeah. Following the confirmation of the past existence of surface liquid water. Oh, right. The findings of organic compounds inside sedimentary rocks and of boron on Mars are of interest as they are precursors for prebiotic chemistry. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So there was, they're saying potentially there was life at some point on Mars. Such findings, along with previous discoveries that liquid water was clearly present on ancient Mars, mm. further supports the possible early habitability that is not a word I ever want to repeat if I've had a couple of Guinnesses. Now, by the mid-19th century, yeah. astronomers knew that Mars had certain other similarities to Earth. Yeah. For example, that the length of a day on Mars was almost the same as a day on Earth. Yeah. They also knew that its axial tilt was similar to Earth's. Right. Which meant it experienced seasons just as Earth does. Uh, Do you know what a year, how long a year is in days on Mars? Yeah, it's almost double, isn't it? Well, you, yeah, it is. Or, it's 687. Yeah. Right. Now, I thought this was proper interesting. Okay. Um, there's a thing called the Darien Calendar, and it is a proposed system of timekeeping designed to serve the needs of any possible human settlement on Mars. Oh, right. Yeah. It was created by aerospace engineer and political scientist Thomas Gangale. Okay. In 19... 85, and it was named by him after his son Darius, okay. uh, which is very nice. In 1998, at the founding convention of the Mars Society, the calendar was presented as one of the two calendar options to be considered for the colonisation of Mars. Crazy. Listen, I'm all right here. Yeah, I'm fine. After seeing the Martian, I'm all right. Maybe if all of the tossers could go up yeah. to Mars, that'd be good, wouldn't yeah. it? Well, they probably will. Yeah. It's all the billionaires. All the like billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you fill your yeah. boots, billionaires. Yeah, we can. can. We, we don't need you. you can live, we can live without you. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of Mars, yes, I watched The Martian again the other day. That's with him off of um, the Bourne Identity. Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah. Is I'll... that the one? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Is that the one where he he sort of grows potatoes eventually? He does. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a great film. So... I, I loved it. Um, I absolutely loved it. I love all of that sci-fi stuff anyway, don't I? You do. Anyway, so I did a little bit of Googling on The Martian, the film. The film. Uh, it's really interesting, okay? So Andy Weir okay. wrote the book that the film was based on. Okay. And it's a bit of a rags-to-riches story, right? Andy Weir's dad was a physicist and mum was an electrical engineer. Okay. And in 2009, Andy Weir started writing a book about an astronaut stranded on Mars, mm -hmm. um, infusing it with extensive research. He wanted it to be as scientifically accurate as possible. Okay. He spent three years writing the story, posting a new chapter every few weeks on his website, oh. where readers could catch up on the trials of Mark Watney for free. Okay. And after a small following started to build, Weir got a request to put it on an e-reader, which he did also for free. Right. And soon after, fans asked for it to be put on Amazon and he sold it for the lowest possible price, 99 cents. And it was soon on the Kindle bestsellers list. And the rest is history. And I've got a quote here from Andy Weir yeah. himself. He said, after that, things got a little crazy. Next thing I knew, it was one of Amazon's top five sci-fi bestsellers. Wow. Then a literary agent and publishers came knocking and movie studios started bidding on the film rights. And ultimately, in one of the more surreal moments of my life, I found myself looking at my name on the New York Times bestseller list. Good for you, Andy yeah. Weir. Brilliant, isn't it? Okay, well, taking your baton of The Martian, yeah. I thought I would have a little dig around, and that yeah. is famously directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah. And you'll remember that, of course, it was Ridley Scott who directed the famous 1970s Hovis Bread yes. advert, yeah. you will recall. Yeah. So continuing on with Hovis, the name Hovis yeah. was coined in 1890, right. I discover with interest, by London student Herbert Grime in a national competition set by S. Fitton and Sons right. Limited to find a trading name for their patented flour, which was rich in wheat germ. So they couldn't think of a name or they decided to yeah. hold a competition, yeah. which is quite good publicity. Yeah. Up comes old Herbert Grime yeah. and uh, he won £25. Oh, well, that's probably quite a lot of money, isn't it? In, uh, when was which, this? Well, 1890, I imagine that was a reasonable little payday. Yeah. And he coined the word from... I like... I'm glad he didn't just pull it out of the air. He actually mm. thought about it, did old Herbert Grime. Uh, the word comes from the Latin phrase hominis vis. Okay, so something to do with man. man. Oh, very good, yeah. It's the strength See? of oh. man. Oh. Yeah. And so this then sent me down a, a rabbit hole of other brand names. Yeah. And I found out that Samsung, in Korean, oh, Sam yeah. is the number three. Okay. And Sung means star. Three star. So, tri star. Tri star. Three Good. star. Nice. If that was a review, three star, they should, yeah, maybe that wouldn't have Yeah, why, they should have called it five star. Should have but called, then maybe but then the band, band. got it. Band beaten to it. <laughs> Volvo was founded as a subsidiary of a ball-bearing company, so the name comes from the Latin word for I roll. Oh! Volvo. I, I roll. roll. And Reebok was named after the grey Reebok, spelled R-H-E-B-O-K, which is a species of antelope native to South Africa. Oh, I like 
a springbok. Exactly. Rebok. It, yeah, oh. in, in Afrikaans, yeah. it's called a rebok. Very good. Thank you. And Pepsi. Yes. The cola, invented in 1893 by drugstore owner Caleb Davis Bradham. Mm. The beverage was originally called Brad's Drink. Oh. Yeah. Brad's Drink. Brad's Drink. However, because Bradham saw the drink less as a refreshment and more as a healthy cola that could aid in digestion, he renamed it five years later using the word dyspepsia. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where Pepsi comes from. Dyspepsia. Dyspepsia, yeah, which means indigestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And while I'm still going here on this whole brand name business. Please do. Bisto. It's very close to being an acronym. Oh, okay. Because what does Bisto do? It browns, seasons and thickens in one. Bisto. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm. 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 Lukewarm on that. Mm. Well, I'm going to stay with etymology, if you don't mind, because it's one of my favourite subjects. I don't mind. I've been looking at band name Okay. Etymology. Okay. Have you heard of the band Biffy Clyro? Oh, I do, yeah. They're those Scottish yeah. rockers. Yeah, right. There are many rumours as to the origin of Biffy Clyro's name. Right. One theory is that Biffy Clyro were a Welsh tribe. Okay. Another theory, rumour, is that Biffy Clyro was a former player of the band's football team, Air United. Oh, yeah. But they've never confirmed that. But my favourite theory... Yeah is that um, one time lead singer uh-huh. Simon Neal bought a Cliff Richard pen, right. which was therefore a Cliffy Biro. <laughs> and then they changed it to Biffy Clyro, which I think works. Well, Cliffy Biro. I'm taking that as gospel because yeah. it's too good not it, to be the case. Yeah. Um, everything but the girl. Everything but the girl. No, I don't know. It's from the slogan used by the whole shop Turner's Furniture on ah. Beverly Road, which claimed, for your bedroom needs, we sell everything but the girl. Oh, that's excellent. Isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Spandau Ballet? No, I don't know. The name was coined after a close friend of the band, the DJ Robert Elms. Oh, yeah, Robert Elms. Saw the words Spandau Ballet written on the wall of a lavatory in a Berlin <laughs> nightclub. And it's a reference to Spandau Prison. And the ballet refers to the jerky movements that prisoners made when they were hanged. Oh. I know. That's very bleak. And moving on very quickly, The Who. This is my favourite band origin story of all time. And wow. Although it's not, again, it's not confirmed. Go on then. Right. So The Who, they were originally called The Detours. Okay. Anyway. And then they changed their name to The Who. Right. And the possible reason for this was because of Pete Townsend's grandmother, who would always refer to popular bands as The Who, (laughs) due to her impaired hearing. Thank you for listening to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please rate and review us on wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, and that way you'll never miss an episode. We'd also love to hear from you, especially if we've got any of our information wrong, or you have some more fascinating facts about something we've talked about, or you could even suggest a subject for our starting point. 
Our email address is when one thing leads to another at gmail.com. A massive thank you to Justin Mitchell for letting us use his music as our theme song. It's a track called Homo Erectus, taken from his fantastical album called The Garden of Earthly Delights, which is available to buy from bandcamp.com. Thanks also to Acast for hosting us. Join us next week for another episode of When One Thing Leads to Another. Please note that all facts have been found on the internet and therefore we cannot vouch for their veracity. Mm-hmm.